Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. That's a magic number. Morel going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 Score. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Bears fan. I mean, it's it's cool to, you know, the trade is cool. <laughs> Free agency, those real people. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, DJ Moore is yeah. obviously a real person as well. Right. But you're, there's still hope and, and, and joy there when you're trying to figure out who the Bears can get. But free agency, it's like, put your money where your mouth is. These are the people we value, and these are the guys we want here on our team. It's kind of like being in the midst. Like, it was Christmas Eve initially. Love that. It was Christmas Eve for a little while, kind of anticipating what gifts they're going to be to be unwrapped by the Bears. <laughs> and then now we're still early Christmas morning. You know, right. we're not in the thick of it. You don't have like the, you know, the turkey hangover. You know, you don't got sense. folks just kind of falling out, passing out yet. We're still very early on Christmas Day, and that, that's hard for folks to recognize. So there's still a lot that's going to play out here. I mean, and you still haven't even got to Dia de los Reyes yet. I mean, you still gotta work <laughs> All right, this is called the trifecta: the top three stories or things that have been in my brain and Heron's brain all day long. We cannot wait to talk to about talk about them with you. Number three. All right, so Bears signing Nate Davis today. Uh, obviously playing with the Tennessee Titans. Um, only played guard his whole career. I mean, seems like a guy. I mean, like when you're thinking about Ryan Poles and what he what he did last year, which is bringing in bodies, creating competition, and you know allowing people to separate themselves from the pack. Kind of sort of like what Tevin Jenkins did right. uh, for the offensive line last yep. year. Uh, he brings in a guy like Nate Davis. Does, does this seem more like the um, the tail end of this of uh, like of, of, of training camp for the Bears when they were just bringing in guys like a guy like that to you, Ant? Or does this like seem like a, a a step above those those people that he brought in? I think a step above because it's a guy who's started a lot of games in the National Football League has has been a right guard that entire time has played at a at a fairly high level in a productive offense an offense led by one of the top running backs in the NFL as well. So he's a, a player who's been around success, who's played in big games in the postseason, and who's been counted upon. Like Derrick Henry isn't some toss-sweet guy, you know, when you think about what his career has been with the Titans. He runs in the teeth of the defense, between the guards, and so to, to have Nate Davis in here and, and to be someone who the Titans have been able to count on throughout his time in Nashville to, to be a dependable blocker and a consistently healthy blocker as well there's a lot to like about that signing yeah I mean I think you bring up a great point you know the, emphasizing the fact that he was a guy that was 
you know, blocking for one of the best running backs yeah. in the league. So he understands, you know, moving bodies off the line, but at the same time, you know, you know, trying to do his best in those positions and having a lot of starts under his belt. So, hey, you can't go wrong. You know, you're not always going to get the sexiest five people to be <laughs> blocking for Justin Fields, right? And uh, that can't be the assumption, you know, via free agency and the draft. But it's good to add able bodies that are that, that are veteran presence in, in, in this locker room and this team and guys that are, are used to, you know, playing at a high level. All right, next up in the trifecta. Number two. In the saddle from the 34 for the Saints. Big to Ingram. Intercepted. Picked off by T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards making his way to the Chicago Bears from the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, geez. I mean, if you want somebody that played in the big game, maybe he might not have been the, you know, the star player of the defense, but a guy nonetheless that, you know, understands what it's like and most certainly an upgrade for this linebacking core. So there's a guy who, one of the one of the last times I, I was at O'Hare, there was a guy in the airport where I'm walking down the concourse who's just yelling at me, Big Ed, tell the Bears, don't trade Justin Fields. <laughs> tell the Bears to sign an inside linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then while I'm walking. Sounds like a Chicago thing. Like I just kind of, I glanced as I'm walking. Because at first, I, I hear Big Ant, like, okay, probably talking to me. And I keep walking. And I didn't see who it was at first. But I think maybe he thought we had met eyes. So he just started, like, scream-talking oh, his wow. whole take on what the Bears needed to do and how they shouldn't trade Justin Fields. They needed to sign an inside linebacker. So I'm still walking, trying to figure out who's the maniac, who's the lunatic yelling at me across O'Hare Airport. Then I finally locked eyes with the guy. I continue to walk. He continues to scream oh, wow. it's, about it's the Bears long take. <laughs> needing an inside linebacker, but he completed his take, and I'm guessing whoever that was at O'Hare a couple of weeks ago is very happy with the TJ Edwards signing because he's he seems like he suits a lot of different things. He's kind of this up-and-comer in the league after being an undrafted free agent coming into it. He, he seems to embody the hits principle that we've heard Matt Eberflus talk about so much, and he has been extremely productive now with a whole lot of talent around him on that defense. So there was a stretch today where you're kind of thinking, like, is this going to be the best defender they signed? <laughs> um, all right, I guess. So, unfortunately, that wasn't it. But, I mean, he's, he's a guy who's played at a high level in his career, and he's from right here in this area. So, I mean, it's great to see that for him personally. Yeah, and, you know, Ryan Poles has an affinity for undrafted linebackers right. from Wisconsin. Right. You know how yeah. he feels about that. I think one stat that stands out for me Ant, when it comes to T.J. Edwards, you know, it's not going to be the sacks. It's, it's going to be things that, that people would say don't show up, but this one actually does, pass deflections. Uh-huh. Seven pass deflections in 2022, five in 2021. I mean, while playing uh, 16 and 17 games respectively, I mean, that says a lot, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're where you need to be. It hasn't necessarily turned into interceptions. He only has two in his career, but you're by the ball. Your hand is touching it. That means you're making plays. And if those are the ones that actually show up in the stat sheet, you got to be excited about the ones that are yeah. not showing up in the stat sheet. And so. they can lead to takeaways for other people. When you get those pass point. deflections, the ball's popping in the air, maybe you're not the one who ends up making the grab, but just being around. The football. TJ Edwards certainly specializes in that throughout his career. So he's not a guy who's a splash playmaker in his own right. He's not going to be the most exceptional athlete on the field, but he thinks the game at a really high level. He's he's certainly he's more than athletic enough to make plays. And so to have that as what may end up being what will likely certainly be one of, if not your main green dot guy 
in the middle of your defense. He can be your traffic cop there at the second mm. level. I love hearing that. And, of course, we know guys like Eddie Jackson can yeah. clean up those tips exactly. when, the need, when the time is there. All right, last one inside the trifecta. Number one. Good job so far on the Browns wide receiver. And there is a safety, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, of course, Trey Ed- Edmonds uh, coming to the Chicago Bears on a four-year, $72 million deal. Um, what some would say is the, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills defense. Um, listen, and I mean, clearly the Bears saw a need for uh, this position. Mm-hmm. And saw uh, they didn't just throw money at the wall and say, hey, who can we get or what can we Like, there is a plan in place here. I think that's what Bears fans need to take away from this is, Clearly, they have a goal in mind, and this just happens to be, you know, one of the first dominoes that that falls. But again, another guy that can make a difference for this Bears team, and it's got to be exciting, you know, not only for guys like Justin Fields, but everyone else that's trying to really, you know, be a part of the future of the oh, Chicago hell Bears. Yeah. No doubt, Les, you tell him, Grabber, and I think <laughs> that now I'll say this: it's it's great that that the Bears have have prioritized a spot. And we'll be able to talk in detail throughout the night about sort of the process that Ryan Poles has been going through here with reshaping the roster. But here, day one, really first half of a day of free agency, they've prioritized improving the second level of the defense. They're, they're deeper at linebacker. That's a great spot to be in. Also, we'll, we'll hear from TJ Edwards because he was on with Danny and Matt with Parkinson Spiegel a little while ago. So we'll hear from him. We'll play a lot of that back for you while we're with you tonight. But for Tremaine Edmonds, he's a guy who has always – I remember you know, evaluating his film when he was coming into the draft a handful of years ago, and he in college and now throughout his NFL career, frankly, has been one of these guys who has all these immense physical traits, who's productive, but really doesn't specialize in the splash play. And we had so many conversations, you and I did, whether it was here, whether it was on Bears Unleashed, across the street over at Fox 32, a lot of folks around the city during the Roquan Smith saga back in camp and then the initial portion of the year where he was still here playing Will Linebacker for the Bears. Are there enough splash plays from Roquan? Is there enough production on the football? Is he getting takeaways? Is he forcing fumbles? You know, as Matt Eberflus and really as a lot of defensive coordinators prioritize in football, that's not really Tremaine Edmonds' yeah. thing either. And, you know, for, for someone with his size, with his just pure, raw horsepower as an athlete, you would hope that that would have been there a handful of years into his NFL career. Now, he's still a very young man. He is an ascending prospect. And that's one thing I want to talk about with some of the guys the Bears didn't sign today. You know, prioritizing guys who are maybe ascending at this point in their career. But as we sit here right now, it's not a doubt in my mind. Tremaine Edmonds is not the football player Roquan Smith is. Roquan Smith is a better football player than Tremaine Edmonds as we, as we sit here tonight. But that means Tremaine Edmonds isn't the baller. Like he's a very good and a productive football player. The guy the Bears let walk is a better player than Edmonds. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they say Tremaine Edmonds, really good locker room guy. You know, you mentioned his his height and weight, 6'5", 250, only 24 years yeah, old. that matters. So, I mean, that matters, right? And, of course, a, a, few, a former uh, first-round pick uh, was taken 16th by the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, you do look at stats and, you know, over 100 tackles every year he's been uh-huh. in the league, right? right. Again, that, that tells you. guys. Are, the guy's around the ball, knows how yeah. to make plays. You know, we can go look at, you know, tackles for losses and things like that. But, again, you want you want guys that are ready to play the game at a high level, guys that have been there, of course, Edwards and Edmonds, both – Two of them that have playoff experience as, as as early as this past season. You like adding that to the locker room. And some people might 
might feel like that can be overstated. You're talking about the playoff experience? Yeah, yeah, the, bl- yeah. the playoff experience, the success in big games. Not scared. Just I'm not having scared. Having been around championship-level football, that ends up mattering. You know, culture is one of these terms that gets, you know, maybe overused, certainly utilized a lot. But when you're trying to build culture, like we saw last year, their approach was let's get real young, let's teach these guys our brand right. and how we want to do and make sure they're going to value this hits principle. But then now we're adding some veterans and we want people who suit the way we operate also. We want them guys who who hustle, who play at a high level, who who operate with an intensity, but also guys who've been around winning because we're going to have a lot of young guys on this roster who are already here and who will be brought in, you know, moving into this uh, not only free agency but through the draft process. Guys who haven't won at a high level in the NFL. So let's add a few of those other guys who've been around winning, and that certainly seems to be a priority. Yeah, and because, I mean, what have we suffered through as Bears fans in the fourth quarter of a lot of these games? You know, this past season, maybe Justin Fields not coming through the season before that, having the lead and not necessarily finishing. So, And a lot of that being on the Bears' defense Exactly, and that's why bringing in these guys, to your point, is something that the team can lean on, and hopefully, you know, their experience can lead into a couple more victories. Get your track shoes on, because we're running. <laughs> Tell help the younger please. guys to do just that. All right, that is your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Uh, Got to shout out everybody listening on the Odyssey app. I, I'm going to be doing a go live uh, later this week, so okay. um, make sure you download the app. It gives you a little notification when I'm about to start cursing on oh. – <laughs> Is that part of the deal? Ask for forgiveness, not permission, my friend. No one said anything to me, so that's how I'm rolling from here on out. Shout out to everybody on the 104.3 HD2 channel as we come in loud and clear. All right, uh, we are going to take a break. Uh, On the other side, Bears coverage does not stop, not only with us from 6 to 9, myself and Anthony Heron. 9 to midnight, you're going to have Mark Grody talking all things Bears, and then Adam Studzinski going to be hitting you and taking you over in the uh, to, in the overnight talking bears as well for all my uh, night owls that are there. So I didn't know that, yeah, yeah. studs, you know, gr- right grind well, time. You know, groats. So we got groats. So us, then groats, then studs. All nonstop live wall bears. and local. I like for it, your baby. Pleasure, baby. Let's roll. Let's all right. Go. Speaking of live and local, Patrick Finley, who covers the Bears in the NFL for the Chicago Sun Times. He's going to join us after the break. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about the latest additions. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. To the Chicago Bears. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on 670 The Score. Go! <laughs> We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Oh, what a ride it is. Free agency officially kicks off on Wednesday, but I don't like the I don't like how they titled it like legal tampering. <laughs> period. It's like a contradiction, right? Someone with the record. I don't know. It just feels <laughs> naughty, and I don't like it. But I'm like, oh, they can tamper, and I, whatever. Anyway, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, and did tamper you, they have. No, no, ta- no, 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 tamper they have. <laughs> The Chicago Bears, three good signings uh, at the start of free agency or those that are rumored to be out there. And uh, we get to talk to a really good guy about 
just that. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Bears and the NFL for the Chicago Sun-Times, and he's hanging out with us right now on 670 The Score. Patrick Finley. Pat, you don't have a record, do you? I, I do not. Okay. I do not. Tell me about yours, though. <laughs> you know, back when I was... <laughs> My record is impeccable there we here go. on 670 The Score. I show up to work every day. I had them business on and time. Asked, on time. Is I your mom listening in. today, Gabe? Is that why you're not? My mom, I'm prep. My mom knows my record. Let me out. She had to get me out of jail. What are you guys talking about? All right, uh, Pat. You know the Bears making some big moves today. Uh, which one? Which one did you like the most of the three? I think Tremaine Edmonds is really, really interesting. You know, it's six five, two hundred sixty pounds. He looks different than almost everyone else who plays his position. He's only twenty four. I think he turns 25 in May. Uh, he's somebody who looks like he was made in the laboratory. Uh, now, the question I have about him is if the Bears traded Roquan Smith because he didn't have the ball production that they're looking for in, an, in a weak side linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds has less ball production than Roquan Smith does. But I think if you're going to bet on somebody, he's a really, really interesting guy to bet on. It, it is very interesting, that comparison. I, I think, you know, when you look through the minutiae of it, as I know, you have, Patrick, you know, you could certainly make the case during the season, the Bears are in one mode last fall where they're essentially looking to lose games. You know, and they had discussions with Roquan Smith. They didn't come to terms on it, those types of things. But between the two, Edmonds is not as good a football player yet, in my impression, as Roquan Smith is. I do wonder, they've, they've prioritized linebacker, off-ball linebacker, not pass rushers between Edwards and Edmonds. And it feels like maybe a bit of a proje- projection. Do you, do you see the potential for where Edwards, TJ Edwards, is your mic and Tremaine Edwards kind of moves to that will linebacker position and, and isn't necessarily the guy in the middle of everything as he was in Buffalo? Yeah, and we got to come up with nicknames for these guys because this Edmund Edwards <laughs> thing is already confusing to me. I had to reread the story I filed for the Sun-Times like 12 That's times right. just to make sure I got yeah. it right. Yeah, no, I think the way this is going to work out is I think Edmunds is going to be your weak side linebacker and expected to make all the plays the same way Shaq Leonard or, you know, did a couple years ago with Matt Eberflus. I think uh, TJ Edwards is going to play in the middle. And I think, uh, you know, that bumps – Jack Sanborn, his friend and fellow Wisconsin alum, that probably bumps Sanborn to that strong side spot. The Bears didn't use a strong side linebacker a whole heck of a lot last year, but, you know, in a base set, those three guys seem like uh, pretty good tackling machines there uh, if you can get them going. And, uh, you know, I don't expect the Bears to add anybody else to play linebacker unless, you know, it's a special teamer who's a linebacker in name only. So uh, I think this is the lineup here and it makes a heck of a lot more sense than the lineup the Bears finished with last season. Yeah, definitely guys that can get to the ball and make some tackles as we've seen last year with Jack Sanborn. Talking to Patrick Findlay uh, right here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. So, Pat, you know, what's your prototypical linebacker in your mind, right? Because the Bears are here, they signed two of them, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they fit your bill when it comes to your, your prototype. Well, yeah, I think Edmund breaks a lot of the prototypes. Like I said, he's he is athletic enough that when the Bears played the Bills in December, Edmonds uh, spied Justin Fields. Their defense was Edmonds watches Fields. And if he can hang with Justin uh, at that size, I think that that is something that you don't see a whole lot of places in the NFL right now. Uh, you know, in the Iberflu scheme, I, I know that he likes 
Uh, he likes his weak side linebacker uh, to be a little bigger, but this is big by almost any measure. I, I think they're happy uh, with what they've got there. In terms of what I prefer in a linebacker, I, I don't care what you look like as long as you can make plays. You know, Jack Sanborn was a very, very small sample size over six games, but this is the guy who looked uh, like he was ready to make plays from the minute he stepped on the field. Um, you know, I, I don't think penciling him in as a starter beyond that strong side spot made a whole lot of sense just because, you know, like I said, small sample size. But those three, those three guys right now, they seem to be playmakers, and they seem to uh, the three of them come in three different uh, shapes and sizes. We'll keep monitoring things here while we're on the air. We'll let everyone know if anything else breaks while we're here. Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron on the score. Patrick Finley, our guest here. Uh, Nate Davis, the other acquisition the Bears have made so far today. He's been a right guard throughout his NFL career. So what do you think that ends up meaning for the, the current interior of the Bears offensive line? Boy, that's a great question. You know, you wonder whether Cody Whitehair could be a salary cap casualty. But you look at the Bears roster right now, and, you know, the last thing the Bears need to do is cut money. You know, there's a cash floor that the Bears have to reach. And, you know, until they're confident that they'll get there, you know, maybe it makes sense to keep Cody around and and pay Cody and and play Cody. You know, in terms of Tevin Jenkins, that's a great question. Because Jenkins, when he was healthy, was one of the best run blockers in the NFL at his position last year. And he's young, and the Bears probably shouldn't be in the business of giving up on guys in their early 20s who are good at something, Mm. Um, (laughs) to be quite honest. That said – you know, you look at his availability over the last two years, and it's been really bad. And, you know, I don't know that you could count on him to make it all the way through a season until he does it for the first time. So, you know, you know, one of those two guys probably isn't going to be in the starting lineup uh, next year. We'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, you wonder, like, you know, the fantasy football guy in me sits there and goes, you know, could Cody Whitehair go back to center? Would that make more sense? Like, you know, maybe they got that up their sleeve, but that would just be me speculating here. Uh, you know, I think Cody at center might be better than Lucas Patrick. Uh, but like I said, there's you know a lot of moving parts here, you know, in the you know, second week of March. Yeah, and let's not forget, we still have a number nine pick there uh, at the first in the first round of the NFL draft. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, right, what's Ryan Paul's next move when it comes to something like that, uh, clearly making uh, some signings on the defensive side of the ball. And then obviously, you know, signing Davis, uh, as as a guard there, but uh, do you do you think the Bears are leaning in one direction or the other when it comes to the ninth pick and whether they should favor uh, the offensive or defensive side of the ball? No, I'll probably give a better answer to that question uh, in the next couple of days or after the first wave of free agency is done. We'll see whether the Bears strike out and end up with, uh, you know, end up with a tackle of any kind. Man, those tackle numbers today were really expensive, and you know, Mike McGlinchey's worth when he got Lord knows what Orlando Brown is going to get, you know, whether it's from the Bears or somebody else. If they strike out there, yeah, I think if you look at Peter Skaronsky at tackle, uh, you know, he's a Northwestern kid, grew up in Chicago. Uh, you know, his grandpa is a Packers legend, though, so he's a Packers fan. He's not a Bears fan. And that might make sense there. Paris Johnson from Ohio State could make sense. You know, the big question for me is whether Jalen Carter's there at nine. And if he is there at nine, you know, the Georgia defensive tackle, you know, would the Bears take him? How comfortable – do you have to be with uh, the arrest that he had for racing and for uh, failure to operate his vehicle and, uh, and you know, and him driving away reportedly from a crash that involved some of his friends? Uh, if you're comfortable with it at number nine, I think that's a different standard probably than being comfortable with it at number one overall. Um, and, you know, I know the Bears are going to keep an eye on 
him, you know, in the next six weeks uh, and, and see what they can come up with. And we are getting into the, the latter stages of day one of free agency here. With these offensive linemen that came off the board throughout the day, like you're referencing here, Orlando Brown, the most prominent one that's still available at the moment. But how are you interpreting the fact that the Bears haven't nabbed one of these big gets here? Is, is it just sort of cautious uh, spending or is it not prioritizing the O-line? How are you interpreting what we're seeing so far there? This is what Ryan Polk told us he would do. He, he said that he would have to be disciplined in free agency, even though the Bears had more money to spend than everybody. And heck, the Bears had more, uh, the Bears had more than double all but four teams when you talk about salary cap space. So the money is there, but I don't think he was going to get suckered into a deal that two years from now uh, would hurt him. You know, they're going to front load some of these contracts uh, because they ha- do have the money. But, but you know, he had to be disciplined. You know, you listen to him at the Combine, and he almost warned everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, let's not get too out over our skis here. Uh, you know, if Orlando Brown's going to get what, I'm, what I think Orlando Brown's going to get, you know, I don't know if the Bears are comfortable swimming in those depths. Uh, I'm not sure that I would be if it were me. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Remember, too, D.J. Moore. I mean, D.J. Moore was the most uh, expensive guy in the Bears roster until – they signed Edmonds today. So, you know, you know, twice in the last three days, the Bears have had a new most expensive player. Uh, that's worth something. But, you know, I, I think caution is a good word. I think, you know, not trying to rob from the future to pay for the present is a good way to think of it, too. We're talking to Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Uh, Pat, you know, we, we, you mentioned DJ Moore. And... Listen, I mean, everybody's saying he was the number one. He's the number one guy. I have family that lives in Carolina saying, you know, he's a great route runner. He's just, he work, he's undervalued, underappreciated. And then I wonder what it looks like on this team. And so when, when, you, when you've taken a second, obviously you've consumed the fact that he's, he's going to be here. I mean, what does a DJ Moore look? It's not going to be, right, or at least I don't think it's going to be some, you know, 1,200-yard receiver with 100 catches just out the gate. I mean, what can, what, what's a more realistic view of what DJ Moore is going to uh, give the Chicago Bears team. I mean, this guy's coming from the Panthers and, you know, I went through and counted up the different quarterbacks that started for the Panthers over the last five years. And man, <laughs> dare I say, uh, it hasn't been that much better than the quarterbacks that started for the Bears hmm. over the last five years. So, you know, there is a world where uh, he's actually getting an upgrade at the position uh, at the quarterback position, which is pretty crazy to think about. And if so, I, I think you could take off a little bit. You, you know, you run across these stats about him. Like, I think he already has more receiving yards than the Bears' career receiving leader, <laughs> yeah. right? Something like that. But you know, you, you know, there's this vortex of Bears passing stats that you can't get too caught up in <laughs> because they're just, uh, you know, uh, everything will make them look uh, will make these newcomers look good by comparison, given given the franchise history. I don't think you know. I think he'll be their number one receiver. I don't think it's going to be a statistical. Uh, I don't think it's going to be leaps and bounds statistically uh, better than Darnell Mooney or even Chase Claypool. I do know this. I think I like Chase Claypool a lot more when he is the second or third guy than I do when he is the presumptive number one guy. I think that with Darnell Mooney, you know, recovering from that injury, maybe this gives everybody a little bit more breathing room that, that, you know, he doesn't need to carry the ball club. He could be your second or third receiver and that is just okay. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked up somebody else, whether it was the draft or, or, or a veteran here in free agency. And then you've got Bayless Jones. And I don't know when Bayless Jones is the answer. But, again, if he is, you know, your fourth or fifth guy, 
and you can bring them in for some gadget stuff. That that strikes me as a lot more in line with his profile than some of the things they were asking him to do after they drafted him last year. Should the what appears to be impending reality of Aaron Rodgers no longer being in Green Bay, should that factor into the Bears' timeline for, for when they're prepared to take the North and never give it back? <laughs> I don't think it should factor into the timeline, but, mm. man, if I – I, I think Bears fans should enjoy every damn second of it if he leaves. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are people walking around in their 30s who have never known a world in which the Packers didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback right. kicking the kicking <laughs> kicking the Bears' butts yeah. twice a year. So I, I don't know that that would cause me to to race here. You know, uh, and part of it is because look around. I mean, the Lions. You know, dare I say the Lions? might win the division. Doesn't that sound funny mm. coming out of your mouth? I mean, and, and the Vikings, you know, the Vikings might've been lucky last year, but you know, they're, they're leaps and bounds better than the bears. I, I, if it were me, it wouldn't push my timeline. You know, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm sitting here thinking about 2024. I think that this upcoming season is about kind of returning from this, you know, really bad place in franchise history to being competitive and uh, hanging around and maybe having a playoff conversation in November, even if you, if you don't make it. And, and it's figuring out, you know, whether Justin is the answer there. I, I think they believe he can be, but, uh, you know, he now has to go show it. And the great thing about this trade that they made with the Panthers is that if Justin struggles or if they just don't like what they see, now, you know, they're going to have two first-round picks next year in a draft that's a lot better of a quarterback draft, you know, experts think. Uh, than the one that we're looking at right now. And, and so they do have a get-out-of-jail-free card if they need to play it. I, I think they hope they don't, but, you know, they've got flexibility. And when you listen to Ryan Polk talk in the last month, that word flexibility keeps coming up, and I, I'm sure he uh, plans to uh, examine every option here. You referenced that the D.J. Moore trade. Did, did you feel like it was a representative compensation that Polk's got in return? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was about right. Um you, you know, you you heard people talking about, you know, three first-round picks to go all the way back. And in my head, D.J. Moore is worth, you know, a, a, a first-round pick three years down the road. Uh, so that works for me. You know, you still look – there's still – even with the Panthers' second-rounder and the Ravens' second-rounder, there's a pretty big gap between where the Bears are picking first and when, when they pick again. Uh, that, you know, I, I wonder whether they'll try and close that somehow. Maybe they can move up in that second round if there's somebody that they like. You know, they have a little bit more um, to, you know, they, they have more options now if they would want to do that. Um, you know, the second round pick two years from now, I think could be valuable too. You know, here's the thing. It, I, if it were me, I think I would have been more comfortable training with the Colts because, uh, betting against that franchise seemed like a good bet. <laughs> if you, if you, I mean, honestly, no, if, you right. a first round, if you wanted a really good first-round pick next year, betting against the Colts seemed like a pretty cool idea, I think. And, and betting against the Texans, you know, not that you could have gotten an extra one just by moving down one spot, but betting against the Texans' future seems like a pretty good idea. I think the Panthers, I mean, the second half of the season last year, the Panthers were actually pretty good. They have some pretty good you know, uh, defensive players and, and a couple of decent ones on offense, even after they traded McCaffrey. So I'm not convinced that they're going to be a bottom three or bottom five team next year. But I do know that, you know, if they're going to start a rookie quarterback all season, you know, that typically doesn't go well. Um, and uh, that would only benefit the Bears. 
Yeah, and uh, gotta be honest, we hope that uh, they suck next year. Let's just be very True. clear in, in what we want <laughs> for the Carolina Panthers. Two number one picks in a row? No way. Uh, Pat, appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, man. And uh, thanks for giving us that Bears insight. Hey, anytime, guys. Thank you. Of course, Patrick Finley uh, covers the Bears and the NFL for the Chicago Sun-Times. You know, I, I literally had this conversation with a lot of my friends over the weekend where it was like, yeah, if, uh, you know, they get, let's just say, Bryce Young. Okay. People are talking uh, about how fragile right. he could potentially be. Mm-hmm. And let's say, you know, I wish not, no harm on no man. <laughs> but but <laughs> if that were to happen. However. And I just, I just what I put in my group chat t- to quote it, it was uh-oh. Bears first, Bears number one pick. Comma again, dot dot dot, crying emoji. Because <laughs> it would be, it'd be the most beautiful thing in the world. Because Grody and I on Friday when we were covering it, we were talking to ourselves and we we're saying, "Is there like, is it like the Weren't NBA?" You asking me about the Bears making the Super Bowl on Friday? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yes. I, you see, I had to refrain. I, I was about the roller coaster. Ride. I had to hold myself back from asking Pat Finley because I knew what he was going to say, and I didn't want to be disappointed. Uh, I don't want people stealing right. my joy on a Monday. So, uh, but but yeah, I mean, you know, I was like, "Is it like the NBA where you know it's." Top one protected or top no, it's, it's absolutely not right. If the Panthers uh, stink and the Bears get it, no matter what, so so it'll be it's a cool position to be in. Yeah, uh, Bears to be there, but that's one part of it, right? The draft. The other part is free agency, and that's what we're discussing today. Is the Bears add three key, key components uh, to their squad? But there's guys that are out there, and Anthony Heron and I both agree that there's one big name ticket who was just mentioned hmm. that we probably would prefer him not be a member of the Chicago Bears. Who is that member of the offense? I will tell you after the break, and you can see if you agree. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I like Zeus, good friend of mine. You know, he can uh, basically create his own solar eclipse uh, with his size. You want you actually want Zeus on your team because he basically starts every fight and he finishes every fight. He just brings that mentality and attitude to the practice field and to the game field. You see him game day. Guy's got his game face on now. You know you can't you can't get him out of the zone that he's in. Of course, uh, some chatter about Orlando Brown Jr. right there. And as I mentioned before the break, you know, Ant and I both agree that. You know, we'd rather the Bears not break the bank for Orlando Brown Jr. Right, Ant? Right. I'm looking at this stat right here. And, of course, the Chiefs are going to hate on Orlando Brown Jr. now that he's no longer there. Mm -hmm. So that's the source. That's where you really want to go for all the real information is all the sour Chiefs fans. Kansas City, how come y'all didn't pay this man? Right. Well, they put out a stat. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. versus Juwan Taylor statistical comparison. Jawan Taylor, who has already inked a big free agent deal to Kansas City, essentially will be the replacement for Orlando Brown Jr. From the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. So the quarterback pressures, Jawan Taylor, 21, Orlando Brown Jr., 58. That's a huge difference right there. Yeah. Quarterback hits, Jawan Taylor, 1. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Orlando Brown Jr., 10. And QB hurries, Jawan Taylor, 15. Orlando Brown Jr., 44. Okay. Now, of course, they're going to just, you know, point out the stats where he has the, you know, they're in favor of Juwan Taylor. Right. And, but but it, but those are significant stats when talking about an offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, give me, tell me more. And I mean, because I, I, I know why I'd 
say to myself, no, but it mine is more elementary. It's I just mm-hmm. don't want the Bears to give up a ton of give that guy a ton of money, right? Uh, but what what would your reasoning be as to why uh, you think the Bears should not necessarily steer clear, but you know yeah. that you'd be all right if he wasn't a, a member of the Bears? There, there's a degree of of athleticism of of urgency that the Bears' offensive line is tasked with playing with. In, in Luke Getze's offense, in this system that they run. A lot of the run scheme is is outside zone concepts. And so at the point of attack, Orlando Brown Jr., just like his dad, just this immense physical specimen who just moves people off the ball at a high rate. But, you know, he, he does. He certainly struggles in pass protection at times, as a lot of guys do. Uh, he began his career as a right tackle with the Ravens, ended up telling the Chiefs, I want to be a left tackle. Kansas City said, all right, you're a left tackle. They continue to win at a high level with Orlando Brown as a left tackle. So credit to him for that. And he has performed at a level that will get him paid somewhere. For where the Bears are at in in just kind of the overall development of their roster, though, and if you're going to, I'll, I'll use the term with air quotes, overpay for an offensive tackle, Orlando Brown Jr. to me doesn't suit what the Bears are looking for. You know, if you want to talk about a you know, a schematic fit. It's one thing to to say like we we're gonna we're gonna change our scheme to suit the skills of the quarterback, or we're gonna change mm. our run scheme to suit a certain style of, of our main ball care. Like let's say the Bears went out and got Derrick Henry. The Bears would likely need to adjust the types of run plays they call with Derrick Henry versus what they've been doing the last couple of years with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. But that's just that's one individual at a at a particular position who you know, encompasses the entire position group. But you don't change an offensive scheme to suit one out of your five offensive linemen who are on the field. The Bears have an offensive line that they're kind of shaping in the Luke Getze image. They had Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. They're reshaping their bodies from last season, really the entire group, kind of reshaping their physique from the previous season before Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus came in. They want – Mobility. They want agility up front. They want guys who can move well laterally, who can operate in space at the second and third level, finding little guys in the open field and being able to be between them and the ball carrier to be out in space on screen passes. And, and you know, that takes a level of, of ability, of agility, of mobility that Orlando Brown just has never really shown. Mm. And that's, that's a big part of why he dropped in the draft when he even first came out of Oklahoma. So I think he's a good football player. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying Orlando Brown Jr. is not a good right. football player. He doesn't suit what the Bears are doing offensively. And if you're going to to overpay for that spot, if you're going to pay somebody top of the market money, money, you want it to be someone who actually suits what you're looking to do and he frankly just doesn't. But why well why do you think then that someone will pay Orlando Brown Jr. all that money. Well, I think it'll be someone who who runs a system that oh, really suits him more. Oh, you know, right. you know, to to have a system where you're not necessarily counting on your offensive linemen to be super athletic. Maybe like, you know, like, like he could go to the Titans and block for Derrick Henry. Like exactly. We were about. Right. You know, he he would be a great fit for what the Titans do. And you know, the the Titans may reportedly may move on from Derrick Henry. Who knows? You know, he, he may not be be long for Tennessee, just where he's gotten you know sort of in, in his career and in his age and everything else. But but there, there are certain schemes, certain teams who Orlando Brown are, are more, who, who he's more suited for in Baltimore. And even though you obviously have the immensely gifted athlete as a quarterback in Lamar Jackson, and he was able to have success as a right tackle there with the Ravens, 
Then he moves to to left tackle with the Chiefs. But you know, two two teams that are not you know Kansas City is not a run dominant team, so he's your left tackle. So what you do with the quick game in Kansas City with the escapability of Patrick Mahomes, you're able to cover up a few of the deficiencies that Orlando Brown Jr. has as a pass protecting left tackle. In Baltimore, a very run-heavy offense as a right tackle. That sort of featured his skill set a little bit more, I think. So I would say this. If Ryan Poles is in, let, let's just say, you know, he was in Kansas City. Maybe he loves Orlando Brown Jr., but if they're in deep conversations right now, I would imagine part of that discussion will be, Orlando, are you potentially willing to move to right tackle? Because I have a left tackle who I, I feel like I got a steal in the fifth round with this young left tackle who I think I'm developing there, who my coaching staff is developing at that spot, and really suits what we're looking for from, from a mobility, from an agility perspective. You can upgrade us at right tackle. You could potentially upgrade us at either tackle based off the film from last year, but when we're trying to build this line of the future. You're, you're not as mobile as what we're looking for for a tackle, but if you came in, would you at least be willing to play right tackle? If the answer for that is no, I think that even diminishes mm. the likelihood that Orlando Brown Jr. would come and, and be a part of the Bears puzzle moving forward here. But he, he just, you know, the, the way he moves, he's just not the type of athlete. It's one thing to come in with Larry Borum already here, with Cody Whitehair already here, with Sam Mustafer already here, and then try to figure out, all right, how do we piece this thing together? Let's see if they can lose some weight. Let's see who moves in the way we want them to move. And some guys fit that. Some guys don't. All right, Tevin Jenkins, you're mauling people and your guards, you're not a tackle. So, all right, cool, we can get by with that. We can kind of figure that out. You've performed well, so we'll continue to give you some opportunities there. It's another thing to go out and pay top dollar for a guy who's not ideally what you're looking for in your scheme. If you're going to go out and pay top dollar, you want someone who suits you. So that that's where I don't think Orlando Brown, who may potentially be looking to reset the offensive tackle market, if you're going to do that, you want a scheme fit. And, it, you know, I think it, it might be – it's probably overly – not probably. I definitely think in my opinion it's overly simplistic to look at and say but he's a better lineman than what they have, so that means he's worthy of us paying top dollar. <laughs> for it. Just, what, it doesn't really work like that. That's what every Bears fan is thinking. They're like, wait, wait, wait. But I keep hearing his name, right? So he must yeah. be great. So let's just add him because our old line sucks, but you're absolutely right. It has to fit the scheme, and that's a point that you know not a people not not a lot of people are mentioning. Um, but 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 a great thing to talk about. All right, here's what we're gonna do, Sean. Open up the lines. All right, Sean Sears, our producer extraordinaire today, uh, taking care of us. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how line playing that sounds. Line that, sounds was, like, that was but, the lines open. But I like okay. that. Um, but the li- that <laughs> lines are open, <laughs> and we want to give you an opportunity to sound off as well. On guys like Orlando Brown Jr., are you part of the group that thinks, hey, he's an upgrade regardless, so maybe we should get him on this Bears team? Would love to hear from you. If you have any other ideas for this offensive line, maybe you've done a little bit of homework on some guys that you think could be a good scheme fit for the Chicago Bears. And then lastly, you know, what do you think of the job that Ryan Poles has done so far with his first three signings? Are you disappointed that he didn't get an offensive, or a, a, a blue chip offensive lineman like some of the text messages are coming in? Or, or are you still faithful and, and on his side knowing that he's going to be able to take care of business? We'll take your calls with those thoughts. 312-644-6767. Get them in. Lines are open. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We're, talk, we're taking your calls next right here on 670 The Score. Yeah? Pam, please clear my phone lines. Okay, clear. They could call any second now. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. 
Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.